Hello, everybody, and welcome to my very first episode of Dr. Law Speaks. I'm actually coming to you today, this very, the very first episode from Doha, Qatar. I know a lot of you out there have no idea where that is. Well, if you know where, uh, well, if you ever heard of Dubai, I know most of you have. That's one of the hot spots to travel to nowadays. But um, Doha, Qatar is right next, about a 30-minute flight from Dubai, which is located in the United Arab Emirates. So we're right next door to them. And it is called the richest country in this entire world. And right now, folks, I'm here living, working, and I have a wonderful guest here today with me. We're going to talk about life as an expat abroad and all the opportunities that are out there for you if you decide to leave the United States of America or anywhere else in the world uh, who may be listening to this first broadcast. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce Miss Stephanie Bonner, who is a licensed clinical, clinical social worker from the capital, Washington, D.C. Welcome, Ms. Bonner. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that, for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. Now, tell us, give the audience just a little few snippets of, um, of who you are. Okay. Well, I am, as you said, I am from Washington, D.C. Um, my education background, I am a licensed clinical social worker. And I've been living here in Doha for the last seven years. And so, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, When I came, I started, I work in higher ed. And so what I've done is develop um, the disability services programs for college students. And currently I had um, student success and counseling for a Canadian university that is located here in Doha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. You've been busy. I have. So you have been out of the United States for seven years. Seven years. You left your family in Washington, D.C. to come over here. You are divorced. Divorced? I am. Okay. And have two children. I do. Wow. (laughs) I know a lot of people saying, what in the world is she doing all the way over there? (laughs) You know, we're 10,000 miles away, by the way. It's just quite a distance. From Washington D.C. to uh, Doha, Qatar, and uh, there are a lot of Americans over here working. And the the message today really is to talk about the opportunities that that we have because we know there's a lot of us out there who are, who are looking for another way, quite frankly, uh, looking for another opportunity and don't know that this type of opportunity exists. But when you're working in another country, in living in another country, you're called an expat. What, what is what is that? What is an expat? Explain to, to the audience what that is. So an expat uh, is short for expatriate. And so we basically leave our country of origin, where we come from, and we go somewhere else to live and work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know um, working in the Middle East in particular has a lot of benefits uh, to those from other countries. That's one of the reasons why I actually took a job over here as well. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of to share with the audience, one of the benefits that I think everybody would be interested in is that when you live over here in in the Middle East or you work over here, you are um, not required to pay taxes back in the United States 
above $105,000. So which means that if you make up into $105,000, you are not responsible for paying. We actually just tax free. To be, to be quite frank, right? Tax free. Tax <laughs> let's, free. Let, let's tell how it is. It's really tax-free, right? <laughs> so that's one of the great benefits. Uh, another, I know, and, and Ms. Bonner can up and probably can uh, identify with that, is that um, when you come here to work, one of the things also is that your housing is completely paid for. So just, just think about that for a minute. No taxes, free housing, free electric, <laughs> no water bill. <laughs> it's all you're responsible for. And in, in, in our case, uh, you typically get a, a, um, a transportation allowance. Mm-hmm. Um, they pay for your travel back and forth, uh, your family flying back and forth. And once you're here... You either get transportation, a personal car, or a driver, or you have a travel allowance to use Uber or some other means of transportation. So there's a lot of opportunity here. And Ms. Barney, you may have some other things. I know, you, yeah. you know you're kind of way up there, so you, you, you might get some other things that little old me don't, don't get over here working. I don't know about that, but for sure, one of the things that I definitely want to speak to is a lot of times people don't leave America because they think that America has the best opportunity. And I can tell you, and one of the reasons why I'm here and have been for seven years and would love to stay seven more and seven on top of that, Mm, mm, is mm. because of the fact that um, there's so many better opportunities than just being in America. And so as Dr. Law was saying, that when I came, and I'll tell you something else if you're an American expat, and it works um, either way, if you're in the UK or Australia or any of the other countries, but specifically for me being from um, America, I would say that our American passport and our American education is very valuable around the world. And so we have to think global. Our opportunities are so vast when we start to move around the world. And so me leveraging my education, I came here and as you said, my housing is paid for. It's a tax-free salary. My children, I have two. I bought my baby here. I mean, she was four years old. So she's basically have grown up here. She started um, primary school here, but all of their education is paid for. private tuition. Um, So they've gone to some of the best schools uh, out of the UK here. So they go to international schools, private school, all paid for. Um, The only thing I actually pay for is my cell phone. That's about it. So yeah, the travel allowance, the flight, every year they pay for us to come back to America. They understand that we have family, that we leave our family, and so they support that connection. So they pay for us to go back. Um, round trip tickets for the whole family. I know for myself, um, it's uh, they usually do a spouse and up to three to four children, where they pay all of the the flight expense yeah. to leave leave here and come back. And I think another benefit. Um, for me, one of the things that I love about living in the Middle East is it's so centrally located. 
that I've had the opportunity to take my children on amazing trips mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. around the world and really I'm raising third culture kids. So to have them live in this global community and have experiences that you think about being in America and if you say, hey, we want to travel to Europe um, this summer, think about all the expense and how many years you would have to exactly. prepare just to take one trip, yeah. right? And That's true. being over here and living in the richest country on the planet, um, we can do that just on a on a winter break. Yeah. Would, would it be fair to say that the life that you're living here, you could not have dreamed of, or you could only dream of Absolutely. in the USA? Absolutely. Um, and then you're out of the rat race, right? So... Um, I don't worry about paying a mortgage. I don't worry about all the the bills. I don't worry about that. And then it's the lifestyle. Yeah, I get to enjoy a, a, my salary is tax free. So I have more safety. S- safety is unbelievable in the Middle East. Um, safety is <sighs> wow. Yeah. You, you can't imagine the amount of safety. You can't imagine when you come from some place like I came from Washington D.C. And a, a quick funny story: I went to college in North Carolina. And where'd you attend college? Uh, Winston. Well, I started at Winston Salem State University. What? Well, you're a Ram. I'm so Winston Salem State Rams. Ram. All right. right. All right. So HBCU. Anyone out there? SU. Um, but it was so friendly, right? Coming from DC and going to North Carolina, I just thought it was the friendliest place on earth. So I really kind of soaked it up. And when I went back to Washington DC, I was walking down the street one day and I said, I saw this gentleman coming towards me and I said, hi, how are you? And he says, are you my doctor? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's just an edge that we have, right? right? You know, that, that safety and making sure that people stay, you know, out of our personal space. And when you come here, there is no such thing. The police don't carry guns, right? Um, there's no such thing as gun violence. There's no such thing as gangs. There's just, there's just, it just doesn't happen. So people, I've, I've left my purse on top of my car. Uh, I was telling a friend, I bought the family Trek bikes and they're all outside. Mm-hmm. Just, sprawled out on the on the lawn and right there's no worry that someone's gonna touch it i lost my bank card in a store and totally forgot i canceled it didn't think of it i went back to the store two months later and the guy said oh i remember you you left your bank card here and he gave it back to me you can't yeah. believe the amount of safety. i have some of the same similar we're very similar similar stories of uh, leaving my wallet in an open gym and came back two days later and the uh, one of the attendants came and handed it to me. Yeah. You know, um, I left my wallet here. Uh, that, that first story was ha- actually happened in, um, in uh, Dubai when I was living there three years. The second story was just last year, I left my, uh, again, a wallet in, in another gym and came back the next day and they handed it to me. So this is over, over a period of, of a 20 year time period. So, so the, the safety level and, and just the, 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 the level of um, uh, security that's here um, is just 
you, you really can't imagine that. You really can't imagine can't. that. Yeah. And it's so important um, with raising kids. My kids enjoy the freedom that they would never have in America. Mm-hmm. I would never let them spend time out with friends and do the things that they do um, here. Right. I, it wouldn't happen in America. Right. Now, you, you know that now that you're here, but what was your reason or reasons for deciding to leave the great District of Columbia? <laughs> I think one of the things is uh, just feeling like I, I always traveled uh, domestically, so I love travel, and that was something that I, I, I love very much. And just feeling like there had to be more. I was tired of working and not feeling that I'm getting ahead. And like I told you, just the idea to travel somewhere, the amount you would have to save and, you know, you'd go without a simple cup of coffee for a year just to help you pay for a plane ticket. Mm -hmm. And I I just felt like it had to be a better way. There's got to be something out here. You know, in America, they talk about work-life balance. But it's just, <laughs> it's just work. It's just work. And that's your life. There is no balance. And I just craved something better. And I started doing research. I just started doing research. And I looked at um, what, where could I use, leverage my education and all the things that I've worked hard for and accomplished in America, mm-hmm. where could I leverage that in the world? And interestingly enough, as a licensed clinical social worker, that field was not here. That's right. It was not here mm-hmm. when I came here. So it's been a field that's growing. And with that, the opportunities have grown. Mm. So it's, it's just been an amazing experience for me. But I did research. I actually went online and found a webinar that someone had done about living overseas. Mm -hmm. And I contacted him. I sent him an email and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing the same thing. Gave me some pointers. Just told me to start looking, you know, looking at countries based on safety or earning potential and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just got started. And that same person, funny enough, was living in Egypt as an expat as well. And once I contacted him and got information, he actually sent me the job posting that brought me over here. Really? So look at that global community. Wow. Wow. That is, that is, that is an amazing, amazing story that you have. Um, so for someone who's not in your field, uh, I know there's a lot of uh, teachers who are here mm-hmm. from America. Um from all over the United States, as a matter of fact, that are here working. And there are a lot of people here in the oil, in the oil business as well. Sure. But for someone who's not in those areas, uh, what uh, tips can you give or where could you direct them to if they were looking, you know, sure. for opportunities to come over here and work? Yeah. Um, again, what worked for me is, is just doing the research, looking for... Um, Information, people blog, people do uh, like this podcast, people do webinars about living overseas. And then I just started to look at even um, some of the regular uh, monster and all those job sites and just started looking internationally, right? Like when we look for jobs, we just look in our area. Mm-hmm. But most of those things have international connections. We just don't look for it. Right. 
So those things are there. And then just start doing research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's easier than you think. Um, and all countries need the same things, right? So uh, teaching English, if English is your native language, there's such a big need for English teachers. Although I will say most people speak English here. Mm-hmm. So neither one of us speak Arabic, right? Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Yes. Meaning that we only know the basics. And so that's another concern people worry about. Well, I don't know the language, so should I move mm-hmm. overseas? English is the universal language. I it think is it's definitely the business say. language. It's the business language. And so... Um, so there are opportunities to teach English. Um, it's okay if you don't speak a foreign language. The main thing is just to kind of do the research and take a chance. There is much better, better opportunities than what we've seen so far. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you, that you're saying that because we, you know, I'm just meeting you and we have similar similar experiences and, and, and reasons. I know for me, I was um, at the time working at, at a university. I, don't, I won't mention, mention the, the university, um, but I was working at a university and I just knew uh, life was so monotonous. You know, every day was, it was the same thing, you know, working 12 hour days, 10, 12 hour days, sometimes longer than that, depending on what was happening uh, at the university. And, um, you know, getting home at eight, nine o'clock at night, sit down for about 30 minutes, then cook something, go to bed, went well, sit up for another 30 minutes, watch 30 minutes of television, mm-hmm. go to bed between 11 and 12, get up between seven and eight and do the same thing. And I was doing that over and over. I just felt like a hamster on a wheel. I know there's a lot of listeners out there who feel the same way. And I just knew that I had to do something different. I just, I said to myself that this can't be the story of my life. This can't be the last chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. And I decided to uh, take that chance and, and, leave, and leave the country and, and go and continue to do what I do best, which is a part of that is, is, is being a, a coach um, of basketball. And for me, the opportunity came for me to leave the country again. And, and that's what I did. And um, I just been, been so happy, not to mention being able to save some money because I, I tell you, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot of money uh, where I was before, but the thing is, when I looked at my bank account, I wasn't able to save, I couldn't save $5,000. And people who know me out there know I'm not a big spender. <laughs> Some people call me a cheapskate. I but do. <laughs> 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 hey, well, look, it is what it is. So then you know, if I couldn't save the money, nobody could save money. If my mom was listening, I know she was definitely say, "Yeah, he, <laughs> he won't spend a dime." She still says I have to have a have a, uh, a dollar left from what I had back in college <laughs> from my first check. <laughs> but um, truth is, I I couldn't save anything there. And now, because I don't pay any taxes, because I don't pay any living expenses or any of those things, you know, I'm able to save pretty much ninety percent. 95% of my check. So it really allows me to uh, retire a lot earlier. Instead of waiting another 15 years to retire in the United States, I'm looking at retiring in five years. So that's a big, major, major difference and stress reliever. 
because the biggest, you know, the biggest area of stress for us obviously is, you know, evolves around money for, for, for most people, for most people and how we're going to make ends meet. And when you, when you talk about the pandemic and things that are happening now, it just adds another level of stress to our, to our lives. So, uh, all you listeners out there, you know, just think about that and and uh, hope that someone can benefit from this podcast, what we're talking about today. Um, another thing I want to talk about, Miss um, Bonner, is how does how has it affected your children? I know that they, well, your daughter's been here pretty much the whole time. Yes. And so how has it affected them just in terms of seeing the world much broader than, than what they would have been exposed to had they remained back in the United States? Oh, there's no comparison. You know, as I mentioned before, they're third culture kids. And so those are kids who are born in one country but living in another country, you know, and experiencing their culture. And they're, they just have a global perspective about everything. They can see uh, the American side, the, uh, the Middle East side. They can see the whole world. And it's just amazing. Some of the things I've actually learned from them growing up in D.C., things were pretty, not black and white, just black. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm telling my age a little bit because I'm sure Washington, D.C. is way more diverse. But uh, (laughs) You know what part of neighborhood you're in. (laughs) Yeah, so, and definitely where uh, where I'm from, um, on the south side, um, it was 98% black, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, my children, they have friends from all over the world. They experience different culture, different foods. They love to travel the world and have exp- amazing experiences. Um, we've gone to the Canary Islands to go to the what was called the world's best um, water park, according to TripAdvisor. But hey, we do research (laughs) on TripAdvisor and then we go there, Mm -hmm. right? Because we can do it. And so they've been to um, amusement parks in Singapore and they just love it. And they have this, you know, maybe this is something we'll have to work on, but they they just expect this lifestyle. They've become so accustomed to it. Um, So maybe they're a little spoiled, but in a good way. Um, just to have those experiences that would not be possible, that I would not be able to give to them. Because mm-hmm. if you said, and the way you <coughs> save money, and if you couldn't get ahead, <laughs> imagine, uh, neither could I. So, you know, we were going to, if we're in Washington, D.C., then a trip for us is, you know, somewhere in Virginia. Right. <laughs> That's about as far as we can go. And now... We're only limited to uh, our imagination, right? And you traveled um, to Malaysia, was it? I've been to Malaysia, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Canary Islands, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, Thailand. I've, I've, yeah, I've been to Dubai. So I've been to the United Arab Emirates. I've been to Oman. Um, and we just go. We just go. I think I still got you, though. You, you do? But I'm older than you, though. A little bit. Yeah, a little I got bit. you. I've been to 46 countries. Okay, you have me by a little bit. Yeah, I lived in 11. Okay, well, 
once the pandemic is over. <laughs> Watch out. I, I plan to make up the time. Trust me. <laughs> you know, my listeners out there, just understand that 20 years will go by real fast and the world is not going to stop for you to remember what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. 20 years will go by real fast and the world is not going to stop for you to remember what it looks like. So get up, get moving, take a chance. You know, Ms. Bonner did, I did. There's a lot of other folks out here that took that chance and um, they don't regret it. They don't regret it, but it will, it will change you. It will change you. You'll have a different viewpoint and your pockets will be a lot heavier. A lot heavier. <laughs> a lot heavier. Yeah. I, can reti- I think I'll retire in five years, too. Oh, is that right? That's the goal. That's the goal. Wow. It's possible. Now, then here's the question. So, when you retire, do you have any plans of returning back to the United States? Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely. not. No. I, I love the expat, expat life. I, I have no desire to go back to America. Again, the crime, the, the endless politics that don't result into uh, any positive change. It's just the, the hustle and bustle. And quite honestly, if I went back to America, it's like a lower middle class revisited, you know? Mm-hmm. Where would my money take me, even though I've, I've been blessed to, to, you know, have savings and discretionary income? It would go away in America. Mm-hmm. And I can look at now, I can buy a home in Malaysia. I can go to Costa Rica. I, there's so many. The world is it's unlimited to right. me. So I don't even think about going back to America. You know, there's so it's, many other places. You know, it's interesting that you um, you bring that part up. I spoke with the um, another expat, a fellow expat here a few days ago. And he mentioned to me, I forget what... Um, what state that he's from. I want to say North Carolina. But he mentioned to me, and he's actually one of my fraternity brothers for all the uh, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated brothers out there who are listening. Um, He mentioned to me that um, the thing that he loves so much about being here is that he had no fear while driving his car. Mm. And this is a, you know, a gentleman... I guess in his early early fifties, and that's what that was his 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 strong moment. I mean, that was the most profound thing for him. Is that he, he said, you know what? I just um, I have no fear when I'm over here when I'm driving, and and I don't worry about my my children when they're out. Absolutely. You know, just out having fun and 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 things of that nature. And he said that's the biggest plus for me beyond anything else. Mm-hmm. He said that's a, that's, the, that's a huge stress reliever. Yeah. And for him to to say that, he actually started crying. Yeah. And I and I it, and it really it, it really took me aback. I was like, "Wow, that's that's deep. That's deep." And he's said he's been here 8 years. He's been here 8 years now and um, he married a um, a young lady from um, oh gosh, I want to say Tunisia. Mm-hmm. He married a Tunisian, Tunisian lady, and uh, much like you, he has no plans of going back home. Yeah. He said he is, he's not going to return back because the, the life that he has here, um, there's no way that America can match that. 
You cannot match it. And I'll tell you something else where where we are now, they have um, the healthcare system is amazing. So that's another thing. The country has a public health insurance uh, system. I mean, it's Obamacare. If Obamacare Obamacare really had the opportunity to develop into something, well, they've already done it here. And so we're all covered by this amazing health care system. I took my son. Unfortunately, my son has a peanut allergy and he had an allergic reaction. I rushed him to the emergency room. He was then put in the, uh, the room overnight. So emergency room visit, overnight stay. And medication. Um, do you know how much that cost me? How much was it? Three dollars and twelve cents. Wow. Three dollars and twelve cents for everything. You can't beat it. And then because we work here um, and we're expats, I have private insurance as well. So um, people worry about health care. Uh, not an issue. There's so many countries that have. A superior healthcare system. So that's, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. As, as a matter of fact, uh, America is far down that list. Yes. <laughs> as as my granddad would say, way back, <laughs> way back on that list of of um, quality healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure most of the, most of the listeners are already aware that um, the healthcare is is suffering in the United States, regardless of of what administration that, that is under. It's, it's really no comparison to the healthcare system uh, because I've, I've actually experienced healthcare in Costa Rica, uh, also in the Dominican Republic, and um, in here as well. And what I paid was literally less than 10% mm-hmm. of what I would have paid in in, in the United States. I'll give you an example, and some of the listeners may be familiar with this, but to get an MRI here is 100 real. 100 real is equivalent to what, $27? $27 for an MRI at the best hospital <laughs> in the country. Now, and that's without insurance. Yes. That's without insurance. Without. Without insurance to get an MRI in the United States is going to cost you somewhere around $35 to $5,500. Now, maybe off a little bit, but I for sure it's over $3,500. Mm-hmm. That part I do know. You know I, I, I don't like to give out bad information, but for sure I know it's over $3,500. So you can just see... You can see the, the difference right there, but right down, right down the, the medical line, um, services are fractions of what we pay in the United mm-hmm. States, and it's good medical services. You know, one of the the best hospitals, uh, well, some of the best doctors in the world are actually just 80 miles south of south of Miami, which is, which are the the Columbia, the uh, Cubans, and we have a Cuban hospital here, entire hospital that that's run by run by Cubans. Because uh, this country values the, the the medical expertise, if you will, of of the uh, Cuban population, so it's just just another example. There's so many examples we can talk all day about all the benefits uh, that this country, and not just this country, but the UAE, which is United Arab Emirates, where Dubai is located, 
Bahrain, Oman, Saudi Arabia, um, all those countries offer a great uh, way of life, great medical benefits and opportunities to really dig yourself out uh, if you have dug yourself in. big thanks to Stephanie Bonner for coming out. You know, I used to think that the first step to success was belief. But now I know that the first step is to take the first step. You have to act in the midst of anxiety when you don't believe. You need to have the courage to move forward in spite of your self-doubt and fears. Because if nothing changes, guess what? Nothing changes.